on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Another great holiday weekend. Yeah, June 19th, right? Coming up. That means Juneteenth, new national holiday celebrating the end of slavery. But has it been the end of slavery, or does slavery still handicap and its legacy, the United States of America? There's a surprising new Gallup poll that shows that it does. Uh, we will get to that. A majority of Americans and a big majority of Americans apparently believe that the government should do something to erase the impact of slavery. Does that mean the Democrats are trying to open up the debate about uh, reparations? Uh, we will be talking about that. We will also be talking about a uh, leading Democrat, very prominent, respected commentator on CNN, who says you can't fix the Second Amendment. The only thing to do is to get rid of it. Is that a good idea and a worthwhile approach? Will it help the Democrats in the upcoming election? And uh, what about the controversy? And it's an international controversy. It's one of those controversies we have enough going on in the United States in terms of arguments and back and forth and indictments and bans and uh, cultural issues of every kind. I, I haven't seen too much about uh, American conservatives objecting to the new Buzz Lightyear movie from Disney Pixar. It's going to be a tremendous hit. We will do a review of the movie. But uh, there's a question. Does it actually promote homosexuality? Is it a deeply political movie? Because there is a scene in which there is a same-sex kiss and a same-sex marriage. Is that a problem for uh, the latest from uh, Disney Pixar, basically an origin story of the popular toy featured in Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear. We will get to that as well. And there is the continuing fallout from yesterday's committee hearing. Uh, some of it was going on while this show was going on. So when we were talking about it yesterday, I had not yet seen the entire uh, course of the hearings. And it was remarkable, it was dramatic, it was extremely compelling. And is it going to have an impact on the election coming up? Uh, there's an argument by A.B. Stoddard of Real Clear Politics that it will and will be a profound reaction. There's also a piece about uh, Peggy Noonan, it's going to, a piece that's going to appear tomorrow, picking out the one Republican she believes could lose this presidential election coming up. And uh, that goes to uh, continued discussion of what President Trump is going to do. The best idea I've heard about a Trump strategy to counteract all of the attention going for the hearings of the January 6th committee and going to deal with and defend his conduct on January 6th, I have heard from Jeremy Steiner, pride of Hillsdale College, who makes a point. Why doesn't Trump insist that he go ahead and be given an entire session with the committee in which uh, he could speak, he could deliver an opening statement, which could be very extensive, and then he would answer questions? 
Would the committee be forced to agree to something like that? Yeah, I think they would be and should be. And uh, would that be can't miss TV that all the networks would uh, would would just rush to put forward? So why won't Trump do that? And that gets to the question about whether he has actually decided to run for president. Uh, there is continued talk that he might announce before the midterm elections this November to try to foreclose any potential competition. Or uh, would it be better for him, better for the Republican Party, and better for the country if he put off a, uh, a race for president and, and maybe I canceled it and enjoyed uh, what uh, is called an empire, uh, emperor in exile role? Uh, 1-800-955-1776. Uh, there's also a, a new collection of pundits. They have uh, 15 pundits that they have polled in the Washington Post on whether or not uh, President Trump is going to run. And uh, it, what's fascinating is the arguments that people give for and against. They have a very close division according to the uh, collection of pundits selected by the Washington Post. Uh, if you think Trump should run, uh, tell us why. And if he doesn't uh, run, who should? 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. Some of what um, people were hearing that was so riveting in the account yesterday at the uh, the January 6th hearing, uh, one of the realities was just how much physical danger Mike Pence was in. And why? Had Mike Pence betrayed and undermined Trump during the course of his presidency? No, he was as loyal a vice president as uh, we've, we've seen in the United States. The only thing in which he publicly disagreed with Trump was a question of Mike Pence's role. Did he have a constitutional way to intervene in the election and to throw out the certified results of the Electoral College, which was what he was uh, due to count on January 6th? Literally, that is the only public disagreement he seems to have had with President Trump, and, and there weren't any... Uh, private disagreements either. And yet he uh, almost paid a very high price for that. Uh, we will get to some of the testimony riveting from some Trump aides who were along with him. And uh, what did they do when they went to a secure location? They were 40 feet away from the mob, and the mob was hollering out, uh, yes, we want to hang Mike Pence. We want to drag him through the streets. He's a traitor. Uh, President Trump had made that situation worse after the uh, various participants in the riot had breached the Capitol building and entered the Capitol building. Uh, President Trump then put out a the first tweet reaction in which he blamed Mike Pence and talked about how disappointed he was that 
Mike Pence did not basically declare as a decision of one individual that Trump had won the election. Uh, we will be getting back to this question about uh, uh, Trump's candidacy for 2024. Should he run? And uh, uh, this is uh, Ray in Muckleteo, Washington. Ray, you're on the Medved Show. Hey, Mike. Yeah? Ray, you there? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes, sir. Okay. Of course Trump should have won. Trump won the election. Nobody believes that child molester Joe got 10 million more votes than Obama. He didn't campaign, Michael. So don't tell people that we didn't see what we saw on election night, which was GOP poll watchers getting shut out of polls. Okay, we, we, we saw the election manipulation. We saw that election be stolen. Okay, when you say you saw it, why do you think it is that every Republican legislature, all the disputed states have Republican legislatures, uh, all of the Republican governors and three of the five states have Republican governors, uh, basically don't agree with you and didn't see what you saw. And after recounts and 62 lawsuits and more and more discussion, there there wasn't uh, the any evidence that uh, President Trump actually won. We'll be right back on the Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. Give me more. The Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, do you think uh, Donald Trump uh, should run again? If so, why? And if he doesn't, uh, then what for the Republican Party? 1-800-955-1776. A quick word on a quick call. I didn't mean to cut him off. I'd be glad to talk further about it. But um, Roy and uh, uh, Muckle. Muckleteo, um, Washington, had called in, and he talked about, of course, Trump should run again because he won in 2020. And uh, he says nobody believes that uh, sleepy Joe Biden actually got 10 million more votes than Obama. Well, Donald Trump got more votes this time uh, than he did last time. Because the electorate was bigger, more people voted. And uh, one of the things that I, I do think most Republicans realize is that the higher totals for Biden and the higher totals for the election in general all had to do with the ease of, of voting by mail, which was a, a vastly more likely more popular thing for voters in 2020 than in 2016 or 2012 or 2008 it's just easier you get higher turnout that way now it it may be that that higher turnout is a bad idea that it's a uh, the kind of turnout that that unfairly favors uh, democrats but i don't believe that to be necessarily true and uh, the idea that here in the state of Washington uh, that uh, things don't work, that the elections are uh, 
not monitorable. They're, they're not safe. They're not reliable. State of Washington, we've had basically all mail-in ballots um, av available to people for years and years and years. It uh, and and again with a Republican Secretary of State who uh, did a a very good job and basically kept the elections relatively clean. And uh, the the idea that and this is this is the real problem here is let's say for a moment. And it's the one thing I was thinking as I was watching over the uh, hearings. Uh, last night, uh, again, after they occurred, and so I could hear the entire thing, including the parts of the hearings that were on while I was on the air yesterday. Uh, part of the, the biggest question here would be just the practical question of what do you do? I, I know that Donald Trump believes with incredible ferocity that he actually did win the election and he was cheated out of it. But other than basically going to all of the prosecutors, to all of the local attorneys, to the U.S. attorneys, by the way, who were appointed by Trump, and the entire Justice Department, if all of this wrongdoing, if all of this cheating, if all of this ballot fraudulent activity was actually going on, why would it make any sense for Bill Barr or other prosecutors, prosecutors by their nature, I, I, we have good friends who are prosecutors. If you're a prosecutor, you want to prosecute. You want, certainly want to find a high-profile case that you can win where there's evidence of wrongdoing. There was been no prosecutions. Uh, of any prominent example of voter fraud, and and this by states, even in states that are completely dominated by the Republican Party, and the idea that Republican secretaries of state, that Republican officials, that the state legislatures that were controlled by Republicans, that they would say nothing when there are millions of votes allegedly stolen uh this is this is kind of hard to believe so the question would become let's say you do believe it what should be done about it and if you think that what should be done about it is trump should run again so he can prove that he won last time i think it's absolutely guaranteed to lose i think that most people who aren't deeply committed to Donald Trump and a majority of Americans are not deeply committed to Donald Trump there may be more committed to him than to Joe Biden certainly right now after Biden's disappointments and mistakes as a president of the United States but uh, the the idea that the majority of people want to replay the details of the 2020 election seems to me a bit far-fetched the uh, testimony yesterday with Greg Jacob Greg Jacob was outstanding as a witness they had one other witness judge uh, E Michael Luttig who is a great jurist and writes very well he was not good on TV he was ponderous and slow and that doesn't make for a good TV witness 
But in any event, they did tell the story about the the mob, which was a murderous mob, uh, getting within 40 feet of Mike Pence, who refused to allow himself to be evacuated because he didn't want the world to see a vice president of the United States running away from a mob of his own people. Uh, this is clip 10. Vice President Pence and his team ultimately were led to a secure location where they stayed for the next four and a half hours, barely missing rioters missing a few feet away. Approximately 40 feet, that's all there was. 40 feet between the vice president and the mob. Make no mistake about the fact that the vice president's life was in danger. A recent court filing by the Department of Justice explains that a confidential informant from the Proud Boys told the FBI the Proud Boys would have killed Mike Pence if given a chance. Uh, and part of this, of course, it strikes people as, as far-fetched. But then you have to listen to some of the interviews, and they played a great many of those interviews on the hearings yesterday. Some of the participants in those interviews who talked about getting revenge on Mike Pence, and yes, talked about killing Mike Pence and uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, by the way, has... Um, New comments on both abortion and uh, uh, about the uh, drag queens and their all-American role in the future of the country. We will we will get to that and uh, and then we'll go through what the um, collection of pundits say about whether Trump will or won't run. Most think he will. We will be right back on the Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. I think you are the greatest debater on radio today. The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. Entertain your brain every day on the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, talking about the potential of uh, Donald Trump running or not running in 2024, this particularly in the face of uh, the hearings, which, uh, I mean, the one thing about the hearings that you must say is that there really does need to be a better kind of Republican response. The um, there's a terrific uh, piece by A. B. Stoddard, which is uh, appears in the uh, Real Clear Politics, and what she writes is that GOP candidates know that January sixth is not just Trump's problem. Uh, there is a real problem uh, for. For all Republicans, and part of what is necessary is basically to come to terms of what has been alleged and to make some kind of appropriate response. The The response by President Trump, the 12-page response that he wrote, had nothing in it 
really about the riot or about what he did during those three hours when the only tweets he sent out, the only attempts he made to try to um, bring order to a defense of the Capitol building and a defense of the life of his vice president was to actually put out uh, a tweet condemning Mike Pence in the middle of the violence. It's uh, it's also uh, basically you need more than, than just attacking the Democrats back for saying they're trying to distract from all their failures and the real problems that uh, Biden is is facing and facing so ineptly. Okay, uh, trying to take this around back to, to attacking Democrats is one thing, but basically, what do you say about the uh, stuff that basically was put forward on TV so that everybody in the country who wanted to at least hear some excerpts of it, watching the whole thing, could do so. By the way, they carried uh, yesterday's hearing, was also carried live on Fox, with very good and very fair commentary by uh, by Fox contributors. And uh, here is part of what A.B. Stoddard says. She says, the response from Republicans to the damning revelations that have emerged from three hearings of the House Select Committee on January 6th does not contain one repudiation of fact, not one. They are universally a combination of words that aim to criticize the process, but translated amount to holy crap. Thus far we have learned former President Trump never called up any law enforcement assets to quell the violence. His daughter, Ivanka, accepted her word. Attorney General Bill Barr's assessment that the election was legitimate, not stolen. Cabinet members discussed invoking the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from the presidency. People around Trump repeatedly told him he had lost the election and that the fraud claims he was clinging to were not credible. Trump raised $250 million dollars between Election Day and Riot Day for an election defense fund that went to Trump political action committees, but not a penny to fighting the election results in court. Several Republican members of Congress sought pardons for their involvement in efforts to overturn the election. One member is on tape giving a tour to folks that include a man who ended up at the riot the following day. Trump's lawyer, John Eastman, knew his scheme to overturn the election was illegal and told Trump so. And Trump continued to pressure Pence anyway. Both Eastman and Trump knew violence could likely result. And Trump had already been informed the mob had turned violent when he sent that fateful tweet that drove calls to hang the vice president. This, writes A.B. Stoddard, is understandably a lot of bad news to take in at once. And part of that news actually was the aftermath to January 6th is that uh, John Eastman uh, basically continued to make calls about trying to cancel the electoral votes of states that he disputed. And to do that after the, the violence and the destruction and the danger of January 6th. And uh, that's way what a White House lawyer talked about. Uh, and his name was Hirschman. 
And this is not a, a lawyer for Mike Pence. It's a lawyer for President Trump in the White House with Pat Chip alone. He uh, answered questions for the committee, and he talked about being called uh, by uh, John Eastman. This is after the riot occurred, clip 11. And what was Vice President Pence's reaction when you showed him the email where Dr. Eastman, after the attack on the Capitol, still asked that the vice president delay certification and send it back to the states? He said, that's rubber room stuff. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Wood. He said it's rubber room stuff? Yes, Congressman. What did you interpret that to mean? I understood it to mean that after having seen play out um, what happens when you convince people that there is a decision to be made in the Capitol legitimately about who is to be the president and the consequences of that, that he was still pushing us to do uh, what uh, he had been asking us to do for the previous two days, that that was certifiably crazy. And that actually was Greg Jacob, who was uh, the chief legal uh, aide in uh, the Mike Pence office. But that's rubber room stuff. And uh, then... Uh, Joe Scarborough, and everybody knows Joe Scarborough isn't, uh, though he was a Republican congressman from Florida, he is not a big Trump uh, supporter now. But uh, here is what he had to say about the hearings. And this as a television professional and obviously a morning host. Uh, here's Joe Scarborough. Americans have stopped here. And, and I found it interesting. I, I showed you a tweet that I saw from Caitlin Flanagan. Uh, who's pretty hard-eyed realist uh, about yeah. an awful lot of things, uh, writes for The Atlantic, and I just think an extraordinary writer. And uh, after the first day of the hearing, she said, you know, finally, th there are hearings that, that are every bit as compelling as the hearings my parents watched when they were watching the Watergate hearings. And, uh, you know, after one hearing after another, over-promising, underperforming. Uh, here, here's some compelling hearings that really matter. And Donnie, I've got to say, I never saw it coming. No. I thought they were going to go through the motions. I thought we were going to be shocked and stunned and deeply saddened, as we should be shocked and stunned and deeply saddened when people were trying to overthrow the government. But Americans would collectively yawn, get on with their summer, get their kids out of school, not pay attention. Numbers have been staggering. The, the, the opening night, as we said a couple of days ago, you've got an audience about twice as big. Uh, as as the final game of the World Series. Okay, I, again, and as as Peggy Noonan points out in her new column, the uh, even for the people who haven't watched the hearings directly, it filters through, and the messages filter through, and the entire idea of. Uh, uh, basically suggesting that the vice president of the United States, a single individual, do something that isn't even mentioned or suggested vaguely in the Constitution, that he basically say, no, I will not accept these certified electoral votes that have been sent in from uh, 50 states, and I'll pick the states that I'm going to disregard. That would be, in fact, giving the vice president of the United States the right to pick the next president.
a nutty prospect when you think about, oh, Al Gore was a sitting vice president. He was actually counting the votes in 2000 uh, and won when uh, it was clear that he had uh, lost. By Can I just say that you do more for radio than what high definition will ever do for television. This is the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, the pundit votes... Uh, which are tabulated, in this case very publicly, by the Washington Post, uh, show that um, by a majority of seven to five, pundits believe Trump will run for president in 2024. We will get to that in just a moment. Let's go to Chuck in Auburn, Washington. Chuck, you're on the Medved Show. Hey, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say that I believe that Biden was uh, elected legally. But I believe there's millions of illegal votes that he was elected by. And to preface that, my wife came over as an immigrant from Germany in 91. And when she renewed her driver's license in 96, her very first time, when she went into the DMV, they asked her specifically, would you like to vote? And she said, yes, I'd love to vote. Sign right here. And she received, we went to the ballots. This is back when we had to go to the ballot box. And she received a ballot, walked into the boat, voting booth, looked at it, looked around. I was standing right next to her, walked right over, didn't mark anything down, and read it through the, uh, the machine. She received her ballot or her register to vote. And what you're saying is she wasn't a citizen yet. No, she didn't become a citizen until 2000. But and she when still was this that she got, she got her ballot? 96. So I believe Washington does ask California at the DMV for three decades or more have been asking anybody that goes in to get a driver's license, would you like to vote? And I believe there are millions of illegal votes out there. And I'm sure other states do it too. California, Oregon, Washington are all the same doing it. But I believe that there's millions of illegal votes that the Democrats are receiving. Now, it could be for the Republicans also, but I believe there's millions of illegal votes that the people are receiving. All right. The, the question that I would ask you, and this I think is the most relevant question about the election of 2020, uh, you bring up your concerns about this. President Trump, you may remember, one of the first things he did when he became president is he was convinced that there had been three million uh, illegal uh, non-citizen votes that had been cast in his behalf in the election of 2016. Even though he won the election, he yep. didn't like the fact that he had lost the popular vote by 3 million votes, so he said there had been at least 3 million and there was a, a whole um, a commission set up that investigated this for two years uh, from 2017 and 2018 the commission was chaired by Mike Pence. It was led by Chris Kobach, who was a former Secretary of State for the state of Kansas, defeated candidate for governor and senator and other things. But in any event, uh, you know what they found? Uh, they were looking for the three million non-citizen voters who had voted in 2016. They found, oh, I... I mean, and again, it was a commission that was led by Republicans. It had a few Democrats on it. Uh, voting officials, uh, they found that it was 
uh, I don't remember the exact number, but it was in the thousands, not even in the tens of thousands. It was very, very rare. And what happened to your wife, I, by the way, did you ever notify anybody about this problem? No, she just never voted again until she actually became a citizen. Well, good for her. Um, but it 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 is the kind of problem, and I think that if you had called up the Secretary of State's office with it, that it might have been the policy. And what's what's interesting about this is she had gone into the DMV to get her driver's license? Yes. And that was also that's also been an issue in this state. This has been one of the easiest states for unauthorized, for undocumented immigrants. And not that your wife was one. But, uh, I mean, the, the idea that, um, uh, that that existed, I'm sure that may exist for others. But the fact is that when President Trump had a commission, he canceled the commission and they never filed a full report because there was no evidence of this happening on a massive scale. Let me, let me leave you with one other thing. Let's, let's assume that some of the stories of election fraud are uh, just uh, absolutely true, devastating stories of election fraud. What do you think would have been the right thing for President Trump to have done about that to try to expose the fraud, how could he have handled it more effectively than he did by launching 62 lawsuits and talking about it a great deal, but coming up with absolute zeros everywhere, including from Republican prosecutors and Republican state legislatures and Republican secretaries of state, nothing turned up. So what do you do then? What would you have done? Yeah, I, I think he handled it horribly. I really do. I, I don't think. He lost the election, like I said, legally, but I still believe that there are millions of illegal votes out there. And the votes that they found on that commission, they may have been illegal aliens that were not registered under the DMV that actually registered to vote. Uh, I, I just... I think that they're getting their information from the Democratic Party. And you can see the way they have their open the, the, border the, now. This, is, this commission that I'm talking about was, was run by Mike Pence and Chris Kobach, who's very much a partisan Republican. And, uh, and it was something that Trump had... Um, he stopped talking about it, in fact, after the commission didn't do a complete report. And uh, even though we had spent some millions of dollars on looking for those allegedly three million missing votes. A lot of people thought that he chose the figure three million because <laughs> those were the votes that would have allowed him to have a popular vote victory over Hillary. We're talking now about complaints about the election of 2016. Uh, somebody brought up the fact that uh, this is, uh, President Trump has a long history of it. When he didn't win an Emmy Award, he basically said there was electoral cheating and there were false ballots. And uh, this was for The Apprentice. So uh, <laughs> there is something about when totals go against him. Molly Roberts, uh, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Uh, Molly Roberts says that, yes, Donald Trump will run in 2024. She said he hated his job, 
but he loved the attention. The only way Trump can stop people from saying he's a loser is to win again. And while he just might claim credit for the victory of someone else he anoints, could he really bear the spotlight shining on anyone but him? Eugene Robinson says Trump will pretend to run, and he might even at some point announce that he's running, but the question is whether he will actually run for president again, and I think not. He won't risk losing again. And besides, being a former president is less hassle and more fun than actually having to pretend to listen to all the boring officials and members of Congress and generals with all their uninspiring issues. Gary Abernathy says, yes, he will run, considering the combination of GOP support at both the grassroots and institutional levels, the fundraising machine at his fingertips, and an undiminished ego. It's nearly impossible to envision a scenario in which Trump chooses not to run again. Karen Tumulty says, yes, predicting what Trump will do is always a dicey proposition, but uh, don't expect him to cast any doubt on his desire to run in the meantime. He will continue to dangle the prospect of running because he knows the minute he doesn't, he becomes irrelevant. James Holman says, no, Trump will not run. He cannot lose again if he doesn't run. My guess is he wants to wait until the last possible moment, maybe the day of the filing deadline for the Iowa caucuses to announce he's not going to do it. Megan McArdle says, yes, he'll run. As of now, I think Trump will run uh, unless force majeure intervenes to stop him an illness and indictment. There's a small chance the January 6th hearings produce some political shift that makes it obvious even to him that he'd lose a second go-round. But otherwise, it's hard for me to imagine his ego will let him step aside. Jonathan Capehart, no, we won't run. Christine Emba, yes, he will run. Jennifer Rubin saying, yes, he will certainly run. E.J. Dion saying, no, he won't. Hugh Hewitt saying, yep. Trump is going to run. He says, I think Trump will run again. Time and tides notwithstanding, competitors compete unless a health issue intervenes between now and the Iowa caucuses. I and everybody I speak to who is on the GOP side of the aisle think uh, he will try for the White House again. But what about trying again to do something about our sinking and hurting economy? We'll be speaking about that and what are the desperation plays for the Biden administration with uh, Peter Coy, uh, economist for the New York Times. We will be talking about that and more in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.